Well, part of the part of the allure of a game like that is like having your friends, your friends lie to yeah. you and stuff. <laughs> if it's a stranger, you automatically yeah. don't trust them because you don't know them. Yes. But if it's like your best buddy, if it's like Zach and he's the killer and I'm just a normal guy, and then Zach's like, uh, I don't know, I. I was uh, out in the hallway and I go, hmm. It's so, really just not fair because uh, Kara can see through my bull crap anytime. Sure. And she'll yeah. always give it away every yeah. time. <laughs> now, for, 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 for those who are completely out of the loop on what's going on, Among Us is a game where, where you're all trying to supposedly get tasks done, but there is a saboteur among you and they're going around uh, literally murdering uh, the, the, the characters in the game. And so those who survive, once they discover the body, or call an emergency meeting, they then have to vote off somebody. And if they get it wrong, well, then they just also took out one of their own. So it's it's, it's, it's complete it's mafia. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's mafia, but, but, but I would but say you, but you also got tasks. If, if, the, if, if the if the people could actually complete all their tasks before they're all killed off, oh, okay. then they would all. That's another way of winning. So not just getting rid of the saboteur, but also completing all the tasks they need to get done. So um, it's more based on the movie The Thing. Uh, from John yeah, Carpenter. John Carpenter. Um, it's yeah. like the suits, the the space yeah. station, all of that. Um, it's very similar to like the uh the, the station out in the icy wilderness from mm-hmm. the movie. Fun fact: there are multiple maps you can play on. Very cool. All right, so now that we have uh, done our promo for uh, Among Us, and they will happily write us a check. This, this episode is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we should get started. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And, and welcome, welcome to the House Plants Podcast. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I probably yeah. should. I, pr- I probably should get on that and do a, in- uh, a Christmassy intro. You do have like a Christmassy. I have the. Uh, you have one from piano. last year. The piano. Yeah. I'll put that in there. Yeah, it'll be fun. So. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, this what are we gonna- talking about? Music, media, and the mission of Jesus, and a, yeah. lo- a lot of uh, emphasis on media this time, but a little bit on music too because it is still the Christmas season. Oh yeah, Heck absolutely. Yeah, it is. Heck yeah! And mm-hmm. so it'll be a lot of fun to explore some of our favorite certain thingies. I won't give away too much, but first, let us worship. Worship. That is a W O W O R S H I P. Woe worship. So, um, it puts an emphasis on the celebratory woe in the beginning. Yep. Um, so Zach, tell us about this version of O Come All Ye Faithful. Um, this is from a long time ago, like on the first version of Seasonology. Ooh, nice. Which there's actually been like a couple different times that I've tried mm-hmm. to record music for Christmas and they've been lackluster. Like the first few times would just be like, you know, with like a laptop microphone from like a 2005 mm-hmm. laptop. <laughs> but I got to tell you that this is right. one of my favorite versions of a come on you faithful. Okay. That, that, that is, it, this is a lot of fun. I enjoyed this one a lot. Bob is Glad our biggest like fan of our music. Yeah. <laughs> so this one, go, this one comes from way back. Um, and I really just kind of wanted to do a fun version of, um, Oh, come all you faithful and way so, back. We're talking way back. Like talking Le- in the way back. Like LeBron hair with no headband. Yeah. <laughs> like from that one song. Zach has a friend uh, from high school named Sir Wu, a.k.a. Silly, a.k.a. Right. something else. And he has a song and the lyrics He's say, a pretty good rapper, so check him out. He's a... he his, oh, <laughs> Yeah. I would say he's good. Um, yeah. I don't know if Christian, uh, Christian audiences check him out, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how you feel about it after you listen to him. 
Anyway, so um, what is the words, though? What does it mean? Um, really, it's just a worship song about... No, no, no. I mean the actual, like, title. Ade- Ade- oh, Adeste Fidelis is the original Latin title uh, for O Come All Ye Faithful. And that's basically what oh, I mean. Oh, interesting. Fidelis meaning, like, faithful, you know, so... Um, Thus where we get the word infidelity. Yes. Like unfaithful. Inf- so, Fidelis being uh, faithful. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's basically, like, faithful people who want to worship Christ come here and uh, come hither, check him out because he's here. And that's basically it. All right. Let me get my bells on. Hold on. I'll be there with bells on. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I love that expression. All right. And let's do it. Oh, come let us, oh, come let us adore. 
Daddy, we thank you so much for this chance to gather together. We thank you for how you continue to bless us and, uh, and how we get a chance to gather to, to worship uh, your son, who we adore. We praise you for all the blessings you've given us, and, uh, and we ask you to be with us time. Uh, let it be uplifting uh, to you and to our audience members, and uh, help us continue to focus on you every single day. Your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well done, fellas. Well beautiful. done. Beautiful, beautiful. Nice. Yeah, buddy. So um, I think that that bell sound is in an Imogen Heap song that I like. Oh, Imogen. You remember her? Fro yeah. Fru Fru, whatever her name is. Uh, from, band. from Mm What You Say. Yeah. Yeah. She's got she's got some good stuff. Um, mm, what You Say. So, uh, yeah. So <laughs> for anybody who doesn't understand from the title... We are going to do what we did with the CCLI Top 20 with Christmas movies. Now. Oh, kind of. Kind of. In a way. In a way. We're doing a slightly different ranking system, and it's going to be fun. Um, but in the end, it will be the same. It will be our sort of like opinion and take on the movie mm -hmm. put into sort of a rank uh, based on the three of ours com uh, compiled answer. Sure. Um, so one of the things that's interesting is that there are so many Christmas films and a lot of them have different significance for whoever, whoever different people you talk to. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so one of the toughest things about these next two episodes was going to be how we compiled a list. The first problem was that we undoubtedly would talk about movies a lot. Like we'd spend a lot of time because just talking about Forrest Gump or something as an afterthought in the episode <laughs> took like 20 minutes. We have time. like several B-rolls where we just yeah. talk about Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, <laughs> Star Wars, whatever. Indiana Jones. So um, so one of the things we had to come up with was a list. So we did... Where we just, are we going to find a list? I remember right. we were sitting there looking at yep. some and it was just so it, confusing. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like well, why, why did you choose these films? Is and, it off of box office? Uh -huh. like, See? And then yeah. do you adjust for inflation? So here's so here's one of the first problems we ran into. CCLI is this website which has yeah. compiled all of this information yep. already and decided which is the most popular. So sure. we were able to go on there and just click most popular, uh -huh. take yep. the top yes. 20 and just go at it. They, they were a decent authoritative source. It was it was well right. trusted, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they have an algorithm for what gets downloaded or what gets uh, looked right. at and all of that. So 
that that is completely unbiased on our part because mm-hmm. it doesn't involve us making any decisions on the list, but then later looking at the list objectively and deciding right. what we think. Now, in the case of Christmas films, you are going to find that no one in the whole world, especially in America, no one is going to agree on the top 10 or top 12 best Christmas films of all time because there are literally thousands now and all of them have different significance both for your generation, for the success they had in the box office or didn't Mm -hmm. have because a good majority of fondly remembered stuff is actually TV specials that were never released to theater. That is true. Absolutely. The the original Grinch is one of those, uh, all of the claymation films, uh, all of that stuff. So Charlie Brown, um, all of these are not going to apply the same way. So where do you get your list, right? So this became quite a conundrum for all of us. And then uh, Bob at first was, uh, had suggested to go on watch Mojo and like do this uh, kind of tedious research. And when he first Mm -hmm. said that, I was like, I don't know if that, that might be like a whole lot of work. You have to like spreadsheet or whatever. And then I started thinking, like as, that's ever actually a problem. Well, me, I know, I know. But, but then sure. I started thinking, like Bob is disappointed that he didn't get to make a spreadsheet. <laughs> but then <laughs> they right. call him the king of the spreadsheets. Got him all printed out on my bed sheets. But then halfway through, kind of doing a little research, I realized that Watch Mojo is not going to have information on TV specials because they don't have yeah, a box office. They don't track that. So there is excluded about fifty percent of our lovable favorites. Hmm. Uh, which I believe a lot of us grew up with. And then sure, some of us sure. have then transferred to the next generation and said, oh, I had this on VHS, or maybe it's been remastered. A lot of this stuff that was just released for TV has since been re-released on Blu-ray or made like a better quality version. Um, but in in the time that it was released, it doesn't count. So then we were Did like... Did George Lucas go back and like recreate the Rudolph movies with like new CGI <laughs> scenes and... <laughs> when he watched, when he when his nose glowed, he wanted it to be a CG nose instead of a regular claymation nose. <laughs> so, um, so how do you how do you define it, right? So I kept racking my brain, and me and Zach were talking. I was at a, up late one night. Bob doesn't even know the full extent of this. So no, I don't. This is him receiving it for the first time. So I thought you were messaging me your findings, right? I, you were <laughs> right. I was I was messaging Zach trying to come up with this idea, and I thought I found like one or two websites that were close enough that were like. Oh, this is kind of like a biased take, but the the list is fairly close. And I told Zach the issue was every website I went to had a slightly different idea about what the truly like best ones yeah. were. And what some even, of them were from different countries too. Right. And but even weirder is only like four or five years ago the list was completely different than yeah. 2020, which is even more weird. Mm-hmm. So here's what I did. Try and keep track <laughs> try and keep up because this is gonna be a little complicated for the listener. But you complicated. Yeah, I know. Right. So yeah, try and keep up. The, remember the thing I did about blind faith, the weird formula. Well, here's an even crazier formula. So I thought every single list that you find on the internet is going to be biased in some way, because even like the ones from official, like Forbes or any like really like what you would call like hoity toity website with like an official, yeah, those fancy pants at Forbes right, or whatever, <laughs> any list, uh, even IMDB or whatever. They are all a user writing or a writer writing in their opinion of the list. That's just a blog post. There was, I mean, (laughs) if you really think about it, that is what you're getting. Those that's like a, what do you call it? Like a fluff piece where, Oh, look, this is my top 10. And so I thought, okay, I'm seeing that there is just a huge 
like there's Ranker, there's Forbes, there's IMDb, there's Metacritic, there's all these different websites that have their list. There is a watchmojo.com where they have the YouTube top 10 like videos where they say, oh, yeah. these are our pick of top 10. Mm-hmm. So I, there was videos as well. So what I did after some tireless research, I'm like, man, I'm already doing this anyway. I was telling Zach that I was just like mindlessly making a tally of every time I saw a movie repeated on a different website. Ah. And then I was like, wait a minute. I should just do this. <laughs> so then Zach was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm going to just go to like 20 or 30 different websites that I've looked through that I said this list isn't quite right. And I'm going to make a tally of every time I see a movie in the top 10. So if even if it was like top 50, I would go to like the top 10. Based, sure, on, sure. based on the fact that they were saying number one's the best, 50 is the worst. Sometimes they just do, here's my list of 50 with no rank. Sure, sure. Those don't count. I wanted their personal biased opinion on what the best ones were. Then I would determine based on how many tallies over the yeah. like 40 websites and every website I went to, I made sure to tally it every time. So there was no like missing or something just didn't get tallied. Mm-hmm. So if it didn't appear in the top 10, it didn't make the list. If it did, it got a tally. So I made this long list on Google drive. And so in a minute, I'm going to, I'm going to read you some of this. Uh, so you'll find it and think it's interesting. I, I named the... You uh, found a better way to poll the internet. I did. Yep. Because I uh, like I even found an IMDb that had a user poll of like, vote for your best. Yeah. And so I used that. And I even used well, that as a, as part of my information. You polled hundreds of people there just with that one thing. So I did a poll based on biased story uh, stories or articles that listed their top 10 sure, to get sure. an unbiased number based on a wide populace of the internet. So really, the high publications were giving their bias thing, but if you get like 40 of them, then that becomes sort of a demographic Mm -hmm. of people who make lists. Yeah. So I started tallying. So once I got done with a a large, large amount of tallying, I got a top 10, which were the highest tally marked ones. In our case, a top 12. Top 12. That's right. Yeah. But only, only reason we did top 12 is because uh, the, it's eh, play, playing the Christmas scene, 12 days of Christmas, you know, 12 days of Christmas. That's one there reason. You know. The other reason was when we got to the nine and 10 spot and then the 11th spot, 10 and 11 tied. Ah, and I didn't want to be unbiased. Like I, I even like said, oh, those are tied. And I was like done. Then I went to like two or three other websites and it still was tied. So it like didn't it didn't matter. So I said, hmm, and I asked Zach, and Zach was like, can we do 12? And I was like, yeah, because if we did 12, another two movies got in that I thought were important for the list. So I thought that that was the best way to do it. Very nice. So in the end, here is the list that we got. And this is this is uh, the order ranked from most tallies down to least tallies of the top 12. Okay. So here you go. Elf was the most tallied. Second most tallied Home Alone, and so on and so forth. Less tallied would be one. It's a Wonderful Life, The Christmas Story, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the original, Charlie Brown's Christmas, The Santa Claus, Die Hard, Muppets Christmas Carol, Love Actually, and Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer coming in at number twelve, barely. Nice. So it's interesting. There's a few things very interesting, interesting. on there. So for one. The far and above standout of all the Christmas Carol versions ended up being the Muppets. Muppets. Ah, see, none of the other ones made it into the top twelve. Not into the top twelve, but I want to talk about some that barely missed. They it. were on there though. 
So the original, yeah. so it's not the original technically, but a Christmas Carol from 1951. Okay. Mm. Yeah. It was fairly close. Um, there's some on here that I was very confused by, but it all comes down to like kind of the way that um, people make lists and the way that people vote in for this stuff. But um, so like, for example, uh, a nightmare before Christmas almost made the list. Gotcha. Gremlins almost made the list. That one's so dude. No, 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 no. That's if, a Christmas movie. If you rewatch oh, okay. Gremlins, okay. if you rewatch Gremlins, it is decidedly a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. it is a, <laughs> just because it's a horror film doesn't mean it's not a, a very, very Christmassy. Um, the fact that the Gremlins end up in the Christmas toy store at the end is kind of like <laughs> yeah. a funny thing. So Scrooge almost made it. Right. Um, a Christmas. I'm sorry. Uh, White Christmas almost made it. Mm. And um, technically. Bad Santa wasn't far off, but okay. <laughs> now, now, what I find interesting is that as you're going through this, I'm still not hearing the Grinch anywhere. So I left those separate because I want to talk about that. Okay, gotcha. All three of the Grinch versions, right? That we know of, like uh, we he, haven't, he, we haven't, we haven't marked off any of like the minor ones. I'm talking about the Grand Three, mm-hmm. which is the original TV special, yep. yep, the Jim Carrey one, and the new CG one from 2018, yeah, from Illumination Studios. All of them received basically the exact same amount of votes, but didn't quite make the top 12. Interesting. So the Grinch is like a third party candidate. Yeah, what I've decided. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the three other independents that. Yeah. Right, that's exactly the right. The Grinches all cancel each other out, and so since there was no standout Grinch, right, that was far superior to the other two Grinch versions. Ah, there was no Grinch that made it onto the list. Well, here's what's interesting. But about I thought that. it was interesting because it was different when it comes to the Christmas Carol. Well, here's what's interesting about that, and to, to let all the viewers know how unbiased I was. I decided not to exclusively do anything that was too much of a new movies list. So like there were they were like new lists from 2020 and it would say like the best Christmas movies uh, of, of, of this year or, or yeah. the gr- best Christmas movies of modern time or whatever. Yeah. And the, the new Grinch was on there. But um, any, if any one of the lists that I looked up said like the best, the top 10 best classic Christmas films, the original was always on there and stuff like that. And so what ended up happening was, I I found that to be profound in the way that we think about the generations of people who grew yeah. up with mm. different Christmas tradition. So before we get into the list officially, I want to talk briefly with you all about the idea of this triple Grinch thing. Triple Grinch. Triple Grinch. <laughs> so the original Grinch, the original. Was is, this, a, is this a Grinch trifecta? A yeah. Grinch trinity? So the original Grinch was a... Uh, it was an animated special, right? It's only like 30 minutes long. I think it's less than that. I, think I don't know if it's... I think it might be more than 30 minutes, but I could be wrong. So here's what I'll say. In the original Grinch, it is made... 1966. 66, and it is made for audiences who had, at the time, seen all those black and white films and seen like classic stuff. And it is a Dr. Seuss tale, right? It follows the Dr. Seuss book book almost exactly. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so what's interesting, what's interesting about that is that Dr. Seuss uh, dealt with relatively like wacky and complex ideas. But in the case of the Grinch, it was very uh, sentimental and heartfelt in times, very like kind of more serious message as opposed to like the cat in the hat just being crazy in the house with the kids Mm -hmm. and stuff 
or you know Horton Who's a Who counting uh, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. So when when you get to the Grinch Dr. Seuss original, um, here's one thing I will say about it. In that there was no like the Jim Carrey one, there was no he's being bullied. There's no extra added to him like yeah. coming to the Who town as a child or him coming back as an adult and seeing Cindy Lou Who again and mm-hmm. like see and being like Ooh, and all this. He just didn't. He was just he needed a bigger s- heart. Well, you know? he he was yeah. just a crabby person yep. who lived in a cave at the top of an ice mountain who just despised the noise. He would say, noise, all the noise, noise, noise. noise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, he envisioned the uh, that his head was a big drum and like mm-hmm. mallets were hitting it. And so that one, for a lot of viewers, told the story of how astonished he was at seeing their reaction to what he did, his terrible deed. Sure jump forward to the newer generation with the Jim Carrey Grinch from what year was the Jim Carrey Grinch? Was it 2001? Can somebody please check that for me? 2000. Okay. 2000. So that movie was the, so the special was 66. So we have quite a bit of generational gap there between that and the 2001, uh, 2001 in the 2001, they expand the story quite a bit. They make Jim Carrey, this kind of almost Mm -hmm. lovable character who has been bullied, mm-hmm. but also has a mean-spirited side to him. Mm-hmm. And he is actually reacting to the way he is being treated and so on and so forth. So how does the generations change? Well, those are that at the time was a very topical thing, like bullying. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a Shrek almost in an a lot outcast kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it falls into the line of the generation that experienced mm-hmm. it. And then, I think the 2018 one, he is uh, more of a dastardly fellow again. I uh, I actually haven't, haven't seen it. Yeah. I actually have not watched it, but I've read the synopsis. He is he is more dastardly, and it's back to like the realizing that the spirit of Christmas is more than uh, presents and things. So here's what I'm going to say: the audience that was into Doctor Seuss when they were children loves the Grinch. Uh-huh. Then the next generation comes and that generation had only that Grinch. But then yeah. once you get past the two thousands, you have your pick of two and then three. So sure. clearly but, the relatableness is going to be the most recent one for that generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you notice that it's the 2000 version. And then, and then for a lot of our fr- fans, this is going to seem shocking. It has been 20 years I know. since yes. Jim Carrey's version. You blink right. and it goes by. Right? 20 right. years. So, so I mean, that is easily enough time for another generation's version. This isn't like a, a duplicate within the same generation. This is another right. generation of the Grinch entirely. And a trend that we see fairly often is uh, as Hollywood goes along, um, they do more remakes and revisits like in oh, a, sure. a, a smaller increment of time. So it's like 66 to 2000 and then 2000 to yeah. 2018. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another one in like nine years or something. Yeah, probably. But so there you go. When I when I think of the new Grinch, like all I can picture is like all the marketing stuff everywhere. Like I think they had like Grinch yeah. pancakes at IHOP when and, we went to IHOP <laughs> and, one time. And isn't it? And it was, I think it was the creators of like Despicable Me and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think Illumin- that Illumination the Grinch, Studios. The, the Grinch had that cast of like kind of the mean spirited character. Yeah. Anyway, we we haven't watched it. This was, we need to get off this and get to the ranking. I was just letting people know that the entire list is a compilation of a lot of stuff over different generations. 
Uh, and it was basically all those different websites from new to old to classic to whatever sure. best, uh, most successful, mo- whatever. So this is a true unbiased compilation of <laughs> many different ones. And that is why all three of the Grinches were equally voted for. If it, if sure. I, if I had only looked at newer ones or older classic ones, I would not get this. They split themselves out of the vote. So they didn't go. make it in. Right. Okay. So we, tasked ourselves with before the podcast started to write in our personal opinion of where the top 12 based on the websites, where those movies rank one to 12 for ourselves. Part of that is so that we as a podcast can determine fairly unbiasedly our compilation of our kind of doing the same thing that you just did. So what we are doing now is determining which is the number one and which is not so okay. number one. Okay. In our three com- uh, so combined opinion. So uh, this will be a lot of fun. So we're going to. So are we. Okay. No, you go ahead and explain it. Yeah. Sorry. So we are going to read off the list in order by way of what they have listed as best. Right. Okay. Uh, based on the tally. And then we each in turn are going to give a brief yeah. explanation of why we put it where we put it. Mm-hmm. We're going to combine those and divide by three and get our number. So, Bob, you want to keep track of yep, the yep, new Bob. list there? Yep, I'll, I'll be keeping track of it because it's going to be simple. Basically, lowest score wins. Let's Yes, that's it. So, if we do it the mean, like, regular math way, yeah. and let's say that all of us vote that Home Alone is, let's say Zach says Home Alone is number three. I say it's number two, and you say it's number five. You add three, two, and five, divide by three, and that's where, that's where it goes. Thanks for the math explanation. There you go. So For those of us who are math challenged. <laughs> nice and simple. Okay. Yep. So the first on the list, let's get right into it because yeah, we buddy. are running out of time. We did a lot on the Grinch. I knew we would. Um, <laughs> the first on the list with the most tallies is Elf. Mm-hmm. Elf. 2003. It stars um, Will, Will Ferrell, Ferrell and uh, uh, also Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. Uh, yeah. it, um, James Caan as yeah. the so, dad. Yeah. Right. yeah. Bob so, Newhart. I will go and say that I gave this one. I will go and start with this one. I, I ranked this one in my third spot. Whoa, this is number three. Way different. Pretty far up there for you. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, as from uh, from a movie perspective, I thought. I mean, this story was really well, uh, good. Uh, you, I'll admit that uh, that you got to kind of like Will Ferrell in a lot of ways. I, I, I'm a huge fan of comedies in general, um, and so so Will Ferrell. I'm not. I'm not sure. I would say I'm his biggest fan, but and at the time, I really didn't care for elf a ton when it first came out but over time it's really grown on me and it's kind of become one of those one of those classics after the fact kind of thing you it's, sit on a throne of lies <laughs> yeah i mean you, you've got a lot of good one-liners out there yeah. so, so some of the story is really strange and like it's it's not as believable as as some of the other ones like home alone for example is set up to be very very believable from yeah. a story perspective it's not as believable, obviously, for I mean, for a lot of more Christmas obvious reasons. movies don't necessarily have to be believable. Yes, it's about sort of about the magic of Christmas at times. Yeah, well, well, sure, sure, but you got to follow your own rules within your own within the universe you create. We are also Christian, so miracles yeah. are possible, yeah. or likely, or plentiful yes, in the but, world. But I mean, but you know, like tra- traversing through the candy cane forest, sure. you know, it's yeah. It, so, but the but Valley we, of Gumdrops, and then got on Manhattan yeah. Highway, or whatever yeah. he says. Yes. <laughs> but the, the the point is, is that it, it's so. But I still really, yeah. it's still a really enjoyable film for me. I, All I, right, I did enjoy it. Let's do, okay. everybody go around and rank first. Then we'll discuss the four categories. Go. Okay, that rank? sounds good. All right, so I put it at gotcha. number five, and kind of like Bob, it's one that like 
when it first came out, I was like, mm, I don't know. And then over time, like I watched it again recently and I think I would have ranked it lower. Um, had I not watched it again, ah. I actually really appreciated it this time. I, so. I German judged, I guess on this one, <laughs> uh, for me, it, I put it 10th, but I'll oh, tell you why I'll tell you why, because not because it's bad. Cause I actually really enjoyed it. But because compared to the others on our list, I had there's to be so objective. many good ones. Yeah. And I had to say, like, which yeah. ones for me personally sure. hit all the yeah. categories that I think make a great Christmas film. I also didn't know that it was directed by Jean, John Favreau. I almost said Jean Favreau. <laughs> Jean Favreau. <laughs> that French director, Jean Favreau. <laughs> so, so Bob, look, yeah, mark those awesome. off and we'll yep. talk about it. Yeah. And let's go through each category. If for some reason it changes our mind at all, at the end of our discussion of Elf, we will do it. So. Here we go. Yep. First thing, how do we feel about the writing of the film? I would say that it's pretty top notch. Yep. Absolutely. It's okay. got a lot of heart for mm-hmm. comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting because like Will Ferrell had just done the movie old school. We're going to go streaking. So it was, it was like, <laughs> it was like how Pesci did home alone. He was yeah. like, I'm doing bad stuff. And then he, the raunchy stuff. And then he just was like, you yeah. know, what? I'll do a wholesome. And film. so I think people were expecting like another old school and then, right. like, here comes this comedy that's actually kind of family friendly and oh, yeah. has a lot of heart. Um, I think it's really good. And, you know, I don't know if you would include, like, acting in the writing or whatever, but I love sure. uh, James Caan as the dad. And stuff. No, yeah, no, it, it, it played really well. It <laughs> yeah. worked really well. I like I, I do like it. I will say that, again, this is going to be more of a comparative, like, criticisms, mm-hmm. not necessarily saying it's bad. But I, for whatever reason, saw Elf matched up with Santa, the Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And mm. the reason I matched it up in such a way is because of the same kind of energy that the movie and the demographic it's for on our list. Mm-hmm. You've got the Santa Claus, which has quite a wholesome relationship between father and son, yeah. just like Elf. Um, you have mm-hmm. the dynamic of the relationship with the Santa, you know. So Elf mm-hmm. sort of sees Santa as a father figure, but he sees... Uh, and also the Elf guy, his real Elf father, his adopted father, as a father figure. And then he sees his dad as a father figure. Of course, I we all have some father stuff, so it's always yeah. like a, you know... It's one of those movies where it can, like, touch on that if it's important to you. But I did feel like the story was less impactful in the grand scheme sure. of, like, how it's felt, like... Things like A Wonderful Life, um, The Christmas Carol Story, The Santa Claus, they all feel like they have this like really deep, like worldly impact. And for me, Elf felt like a very like side story style thing. Oh, yeah. sure. And, sure. And it's not to say that it's bad because I actually really enjoy it. But when I thought about like the warm, fuzzy, like Christmassy feel or like the important message stuff, mm-hmm. it was I felt like the dad in Elf kind of had almost too quick of a turnaround. Like you never got to see that magic mm. moment where he okay. goes like, wait a minute. Yeah. It's, it's about something more. It was that he ran away after being like the, the dad was a jerk. Oh. And then, and, and then he was like, he was like, Hey, elf guy, you know, buddy ran away. And then he was like, wait a minute, I'm going <laughs> to quit my job and go and find this guy. Yeah. And I was like, huh, that seemed like a quick turnaround. Well, to, 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 to be fair, to be fair to the, to the writing in the film, I, I, I think he felt bad immediately after he said what he said to buddy yeah no it's, yes yeah, and it's, so it was a little a, too it, hard yeah yeah he, hard really, he realized right off the bat that he was a little too hard but buddy had already ran away he's like you know what fine i'll deal with this later but, you know and then buddy runs off and he's like oh crap i got to deal with this now my kids even come to me am i going to prioritize my job over my kid which was a dynamic they'd already started earlier in the film and kind of built on he's like okay fine this time i'm going to choose my kid yeah 
So we are getting but into yeah. the overall message section too. Do you guys feel like the overall message is pretty good? I do. Yes. I think I think it is. It's it's about the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loudly for all to hear. Well, that is one of the lessons. That's true. I think that I think what's interesting the family is, message, you know, the bond. It is the father and son dynamic. It not, is not to get caught up in, in, in your workflow, the corporate life. I would say that Elf also kind of embodies that one thing um, that certain ch- uh, child movies do that uh, certain Christmas movies do where it's like they present the setting as very serious and realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they introduce a character who has the like lighthearted, like childlike nature. Mm-hmm. And then by the time the movie ends, it's kind of like everybody's jumped on the like childlike yep. nature train. Yeah. So yep. this is one of those that does that. I wouldn't say it's like yeah. the absolute number one best one that does it, but it's definitely a, a decent one that does well, yeah. it. You also see that in the fact that they weren't even going to put up a Christmas tree. Uh, Buddy goes out and cuts down a, a tree. and Well, he also the, decorates the store and where the Santa yeah. Claus is yeah. going to be and stuff. Yeah, so, um, okay, so we talked about overall message. I would say writing and message are pretty awesome. I would say that there's a few kinks here and there um, as far as like objectively for a movie, but I still think it's mm-hmm. pretty good. Production quality, we would say yeah. for 2003, it's great. They also Obviously, had Hollywood, the, Hollywood done it. They did a funny, like, claymation beginning part two to, like, yeah. throw back to oh, the claymation yeah. movies. The Rankin and Bass. It was very inspired by, like, I love, <laughs> I love the whole aesthetic of this movie. It's yeah. one of the reasons I ranked it fairly high. And um, if you if you watch it, it's funny because they did a lot of the same, like, forced perspective stuff. He's a that big guy in a small shop. He's a big shower. guy in a small shop. You know, he's with uh, he's with the the elves and, and that's not like CGI. That's used by like a clever camera angle right. mm-hmm. where they would like set Will Ferrell up on like a platform and use camera tricks. Right. It's, which, which it's is like a, Lord of the Rings. Yes. You know, it, with uh, the Hobbit. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. They did the exact same thing with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So um, so production value, pretty great. Yeah. And feelings of Christmas, our last little category. Yeah. I I just said feeling of Christmas, meaning yeah. like, is it Christmassy? Does it give you like when you think about Elf? Do you think like, oh, that really embodies the spirit of Christmas? Yes, I mean, definitely, de- de- <laughs> definitely not the Christ aspect of Christmas, but from a sure. cultural yeah. a cultural Christmas yeah. perspective, absolutely. Just so, overall Christmas vibe, yeah, it's pretty oh, high. Yeah. Like uh, when they went out and filmed a lot of that stuff like on the street where he's experiencing New York for the first right. time. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of that was ad libbed and uh-huh. just like, they just sent him out there with a camera crew. I think, oh, I really, think, I, think I, Will Ferrell, I think Will Ferrell is very good at ad lib. That's yeah. like one of his main things. So, yeah. so is, is that to say that the best cup of coffee was, was, was that ad libbed or was that actually in the writing script? I don't know. Um, I do remember seeing something about like how there's like a guy in a red jogging suit mm-hmm. with a beard and he goes like Santa. Um, that guy was just there. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. just a random pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, what do we get Bob when, when we, when we sliced it up three, five and 10, that gives us 18 divided by three is that's a, that's a score of six. So that, that okay. rank will sit at six for now. All right, moving on to the next one. We're going to try and hustle through these home alone. Oh my okay. goodness. Oh man. How do you hustle be, through home alone? Well, we're not going to hustle through <laughs> okay, well, as, as much as we can add to the thickness of, of giving it without going into description. I'll say that I ranked home alone five. Interesting. Number one, number, number one, one. Number one. <laughs> for both of you. Number one, one, yeah. one and five. Okay. <laughs> Fist bump. I, knew, I knew it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that's, that's why, that's why there's three of us with different perspectives. Yep. That's why it happens that way. So home alone, Per, has personal stuff for me. I'm sure for everybody who's watched it pretty recently, 
we grew up. That is our mm-hmm. generation. So yeah. Me, oh yeah, uh, all of our age grew up fondly thinking about Home Alone. Yes. Home Alone is John Hughes directed, which is interesting because he did like Sixteen Candles and Breakfast Club. He did and all, all those stuff. teen movies, but yeah. then he just blows up with this, and it's yeah. uh, it's it's amazing. Isn't and John Williams, I believe, is the one who did the music for it. Yes, and, yes, uh, he did. And that is one of the main big final like pushes to one for me is the music ah, score. The music is excellent in Home Alone. I, I would yeah. I would I would defy anyone to find me a better music score in any Christmas movie ever made. I would that, defy you to find that. Th- th- that's a fair point. I might have to slightly adjust mine. We'll we'll, we'll but, talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But let's yeah. let's let's all briefly, uh, in a brief little way, <laughs> I will describe yeah. how, why I give it one. So. Music, number one with a bullet. Yeah. Acting, number one with a bullet. Story, number one with a bullet. Message, super duper number one with a bullet. And the best part for me is that the Christmassy aspect that we're talking about, when I t- think about that, I think of like, how do, how is this like making me think of Christmas or associated mm-hmm. with Christmas? You've got toys. You've got the family leaving for a trip, and that's a Christmassy thing. You've got all the Christmas lights on the the things, and that people have left their yeah. homes. And you've got the you've got thieves, a, which the is thieves. a Christmas thing. That actually Christmas does time. happen a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah, you've got the you've got the church and the nativity scene. You've got the neighbor yeah. who is shoveling snow. Every aspect of it is very like directing you back to like feelings mm-hmm. of Christmas. So yeah. even though it is a thriller, in some ways, I would call it a. Uh, a, it's a family pre- prequel to Saul, right? <laughs> <laughs> he grows up and becomes Jigsaw uh, to recreate his. Uh, yeah, no. So it is a it is one of the only um, I would call it one of the only like thriller family movies that like really became that that big because it's hard to make mm-hmm. a, like I wouldn't call it a horror film, but it, you could classify it that way because of the the end scene interesting anyway why did you guys yeah. give it the rank you gave it so yeah. for, for, for me i i ranked it much lower mainly because of the fact um comparatively yes uh, yeah com- comparatively uh so i mean uh, part of part of it was nostalgia factor for me when it comes to christmas one of the biggest aspects of all of christmas is nostalgia this is why the wizard of oz is always shown this time of year not because it's a christmas film but because of nostalgia, which is once again, I, which I will say I'm slightly disappointed. Wizard of Oz did not make our list. Um, <laughs> it's te- technically it's people don't consider it a Christmas. Well, film, it, it's, but. it's not, but it is. the But that film is aired every year during this time. And growing up as a kid, Sound of music as well. Yes. Yeah, see, I, I'm used to watching the Wizard of Oz around Easter time. Really? Yeah. I've never seen it on, on, on television at Easter. But it always airs. It, was, it's, it always kicks off like the, the, the Christmas it's movies oh. just after Thanksgiving. It, it is all this. Is, that's when it's always there. And the reason why is because of nostalgia. It's yeah. for, it, old classics become like holiday specials. Yeah. yeah. And, and so 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 I think so. Part of it was the fact that it did not have as much of the nostalgia as some of the other items on the list that that come up. And and it's and it's not the production that really brought it down. Production also kept it really really high. But the reason why I didn't rank up there with Elf for me, I I bumped it down quite a bit more was for the fact that um, that Kevin Kevin's a little punk. He is. The the, the entire family is completely dysfunctional. And he might not be completely reconciled by the end, but he does learn some stuff. Yes. And and I mean, and the family return. uh, And so at the very end of the film, when the family returns, I was like, I was like. 
it's like they asked him something to the effect of, "Did you, you know, did you, uh, um, did you keep yourself occupied?" And he completely ignores the fact that, yeah, our house was broken into. It's like, yeah, I managed or something like that. Doesn't even bring up the fact that, yeah, I, I, I was chased around by these two robbers. <laughs> um, the house is complete wreck, sure. and the police had to come and rescue me. Of, uh, or, That's because none of that matters. Or, no, right. the, the, yes, the old man had to come rescue me at my neighbor's house from across the street, That, which, by the way, right. I broke into. And, yeah, all this stuff okay. happens. It, right. So, you have, so a few, you have a few writing things that kind of slipped yeah. you up from making it number one. Zach. Yeah, true. I think um, that this is very nearly a flawless film, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I have to agree with Zach. I have to agree. I just presented I've, my flaws and, and Zach's like, yeah, I know. I disagree. It's completely flawless. We are all really allowed flawless. to have our opinion. Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I just sure. find it funny. Yeah. The, I think the, the, no, the no film is absolutely flawless. Um, yeah, I mean, I appreciate the points that you bring up. I, uh, I just think that, like, when you said um, that this is our generation, I think it's even more so than the fact that it nostalgia. came out in the early 90s. I think that it actually really speaks to, like, the kind of millennial growing up kid. Right. Because it takes place in the suburbs. That's right. With a big and very busy, like, family where things are, like, very mm-hmm. hectic. And it really speaks to, like, that suburban like middle class like upbringing sort of thing like yeah. kevin is like almost kind of like this neglected like child <laughs> he's in a lot of ways he is he yeah. is neglected but part of it is that he is kind of like obnoxious when he sh- doesn't need to be but all yeah. kids are yeah sure sure but when when him and buzz goes at go at it at the beginning of the film it's kevin who gets in trouble not Buzz for antagonizing That's, him. And well, makes him a, yeah, that yeah. is a thing from our generation. Oh, yeah. you're right. It is. Yeah. My but older brother always antagonized me. And yeah. a lot of times I ended up being the one to talk to. Right. <laughs> but, you know, and it and so it speaks to like this need to. Um, and I guess we'll be getting into message if we talk about that. But like yeah, we'll it gets, go through it. It gets into like the need to like recognize others and like forgive and to love other people. Right. And so Kevin has to learn to think outside himself while yeah. he's also stuck at home alone and interesting. So he like learns this whole thing, like, mm, cause the beginning yeah. of the film, he wishes his family would disappear. It's sure. almost kind of heartless, you know? Well, yes. And, 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 and in the and same he, and he way, finds that, and he finds the, the mall Santa getting into his car and wishes, you know, uh, just, just, I just want my family back. doesn't give him any context. Like, Holy yeah. crap, this kid's lost his family. <laughs> well, so like, so uh, oftentimes, yeah. oftentimes in a Christmas movie or in any movie really that deals with like family or drama or anything, you often see the like the mean spirited like fight near the end, like the climactic like falling out in a relationship style movie. Like, for example, in. um, uh, hmm. Oh, what's a good example of this? Like, uh. You have the fight in any random movie and the girl leaves and the guy like realizes he was wrong, goes after that kind of stuff. And this movie, it happens right away. Yep. (laughs) And the entire movie is this. I think the I think that just as much as it's about Kevin, the story of the mom is definitely also hugely impacting this film. You know, that's a fair point. Because the mom. Regardless of what he's done, the mom cares so much about Kevin and mm-hmm. feels like he, she just, she yeah. needs to help him so much that she's willing to literally like go to the ends of the earth just to get back home to see that he's yeah. safe. She calls the police; they won't help her. She calls somebody to send out to the house. The he's too scared to come to the house. 
all of this stuff. And so she literally like hitches a ride with a polka band and all of this stuff. John so, Candy, oh, who like sometimes I'll forget that he's in Home Alone and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I think I remember reading something about this. You guys can maybe uh, the listener can quote me or something. But I remember hearing that um, John Candy uh, asked like he just was like, oh, am I a bit part? That's fine. Just like stick me in somewhere. Yeah. But um, <laughs> um, so let's go quickly. What, what it. throws it over the top for me, though, is the um, is the neighbor and his whole arc, how he seems like this freaky guy. And there's like rumors about him. And that's pretty typical of like suburban millennial right. upbringing is like, oh, that creepy neighbor or whatever. He probably chopped up his kids and, you know, and he's the one who teaches Kevin the lesson by saying like, oh, you know, I wish that my son would talk to me. You know, I I hope he'd just forgive me for what I did. And, you know, it's like, well, maybe you should call him. They and both teach each other. They lessons. teach each other that lesson. Yeah. And and so, like, I don't know. I just think that that's a very heartwarming story. And then at the end, spoilers, you see the fam- his family coming back to spend Christmas with him. And that's uh, that's just such a touching scene. So. 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 OK, I'm going to quickly go down the list because we need to move on. Yeah. Writing. I think me and Zach and Bob have all talked about the writing sure. aspects of this. So yeah. you know where we stand. Production quality, we'll touch on briefly. Top notch. No, no doubt about that. I would say that yeah. uh, th- both the acting, the music, the mm-hmm. shooting style. I would say a lot of the uh, cinematography, if you re-re-watch it, some of the things that they do in the film, like the chase scenes down the hallway where they have like a tracking camera yeah. like right behind his feet as like the hand comes out to grab his boot or the uh, camera shots where it's, a camera looking up into the uh, laundry chute as the, uh, Mm -hmm. um, the anvil, uh, the the Uh, iron, iron comes down, things like that make the production quality outstanding. One, one issue I did have with the, with, with that was the fact there was, there was one scene where he tries to, where he comes through the kitchen door and, and Kevin has a flamethrower or or a a blowtorch set up at the the roof. And so like he opens the door, the blowtorch goes off and he just stands there and just screams, ah, that's well, the, writing, not production. Okay, that, okay, that, that, that's fair. That's fair. That's you writing. Have, you have some pet peeves with the yes, believability it, of certain aspects of the movie. Yeah, yeah it does just, have some cartooniness. I think. There, I think the now, point, now, now, once again, yeah. I'm all for slapstick. Don't get me wrong. I love me some it's good that stuff. Understood I love my comedy, cartoony reality. But, yeah. but it's but some some of it broke the point of immersion for me. Even sure. For that I think it's kind of from the perspective of Kevin is part mm. of what part of the reason it why the corniness Interesting. works. The yeah. second the second yeah. movie doubles down on the some of the slapstickiness as well, yeah. but, which um, once again I enjoy. Slap- so so um so yeah. so for Bob that's kind of a thing for you and I we we are like right there we're like yeah <laughs> we get this uh, it's it's totally fine it hits us better overall message I'm gonna just real quickly talk about a few sub messages the the neighbor Zach mentioned yeah that is about reconciliation and guilt and yeah. uh. Coming, coming both to terms with things you've done, but also reconciling, taking that first step to reconcile. That's a mm-hmm. that's a huge mm-hmm. lesson. The mom realizing that the fight does not matter, and what matters is just making sure her son's safe, making sure the son knows that he, uh, she loves him. And Kevin, main message: all he wants is his family back. He realizes how important they were to him, so all he wants is those th- that family back. Um, the other side stuff like, uh, uh, um, oh gosh, the uh, uh, f- 
family being turds, like the brother. Yeah. There's little minor sub sub messages uh-huh. there too about how the brother's like, eh, I need to go easier on Kevin from now on, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So overall, I think the message is great. Okay. One thing though, just real quick. Yeah. I think it's hilarious that the mom spends all the time like trying to get back. Yes. She's like, oh, I got to get back to Kevin right away. And she like leaves early. The yep. rest of the family just takes a normal flight. Well, eventually they, they wait for the morning flight. They yes. wait for the morning flight. But at the very end, they arrive at the house like five minutes after. after she, at, because yes. because once she realizes <laughs> she can't get another flight, she has to take the, the van home. Yes. yes. And, and they did, they bring they did bring it up. It's like, well, how did you get it? So well, we took the morning flight, you know, the one you yeah. didn't want to wait for. Yeah. yeah the one. you Yes. <laughs> so, OK, great. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, home Alone so far is our front runner. Yep, that, um, that that one came out with a score where Elf was a six. This one came out with two point three. Okay, All right. So, so obviously much better. Number three, it's a wonderful life. Now this one has a lot of depth. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, there is. You could almost do like an entire episode. You you could. There is not enough time. But, but yeah. when, it, com- when it comes to ranking, I will say I gave this one a nine. A nine. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. And so now we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk. <laughs> oh, Zach, what'd you give? Yes. It? I gave it a four. I realized I need to switch two of these. I gave, I'm going to give it a four. I gave it a three. It hits too close to home for me not to rank it higher. Yeah. Uh, to <laughs> make it any lower than that. Okay. So, so, so when it, when it comes to writing, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's streamline a little bit. Not that okay. uh, oh, it's wonderful. Life doesn't deserve, but it would take us a long time if we continue on the same track we've been going. So yeah. All right, it's a wonderful life. I'll just say, writing wise, um, I think that for a 1940s film, it is spectacular. Mm-hmm. I would put it up to Citizen Kane. I would put it up to. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I would probably put it up, not in the same epic way, but as mm-hmm. far as writing goes, I would put it up to like Casablanca or any yeah, of those. Yeah. It's funny. It's like the anti-Citizen Kane because it it it's it's the story of the, the main, other guy jimmy stewart is so um you know he's so good in every situation and he get, he improves in character right yeah, but the yeah. but the mr um a mr who's the bad guy in one oh potter potter, yeah. potter yes. is the in some so ways he's kind of like citizen kane, kane. Yeah. so I, I would say i watched this for the first time for this podcast i've never seen nice. it up to ah. this point i was actually kind of looking forward to it and was slightly disappointed by the film. Interesting. And, he, and, and so, do you feel like you uh, don't maybe it relate? Hyped. Do, do you feel like you don't relate well to older like '40s films? And no, stuff? I don't necessarily think think that. I mean, th- that could have been part of it. But when, when uh, here's one of the biggest things for me. Okay, you spend the the, the movie's two hours long. You spend an sure. hour and a half, a literal hour and a half, ah. working up through his life, which I, I which I get. I, I understand why they did it this way. And then the last thirty minutes is the actual famous part of this yeah, film, where sure. that, that that is parodied over and over again from from, from kids' cartoons to other films entirely. I understand where you, your where point. You the parody, part with the angel, yeah, yes, with Clarence yeah. actually coming right. into the picture and doing, you know, this is what what the world would be like without you, uh, you know, it, uh, without George Bailey. And I so, was the same way because I had seen like the Rugrats, like oh, yes. riff on it. And I thought that it was a movie about a guy who wishes he never existed or wants to kill himself. And, and an angel comes. Is... I thought the whole movie would be that the first time I saw it. So it took me a couple times seeing it to get used to, yeah. oh, this is 
meant to be this way. <laughs> yes, and, and, and I will say there, and, and once again, this very could be a cultural aspect. You said 1940s, so I mean, we are multiple generations removed from mm-hmm. the culture by which this movie came out in. However, some of the behaviors of George early on just felt weird, off, unnatural to me. And, and once again, maybe that was a generational thing, but like a lot of his interactions with Mary, for example, early er, his early interactions with Mary, um, like like a, a, after the pool, you know, incident with the yes. dance floor opens up and there's a pool underneath, they fall in and they're walking home. There's a good parts of that story where they're walking home, that scene where it feels natural. Then there's other parts that just feels completely left field, like weird in the interactions. Okay, so. So let me so, so 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 part of that writing just felt <laughs> weird to me. Let me let me touch on a few things real quick. So the the one thing I'll agree with Bob about um, there's reasons why other reasons why this is number three, but I would say that the fact the Christmassy aspect is probably where it's a little weaker. It's yeah. it's not really a story about Christmas specifically. Mm-hmm. It just incidentally has the final like scene bit about time is is on Christmas. I yes. bet it was probably never really like marketed as a Christmas movie. I don't know that they had like a concept of a Christmas movie. Probably not at, in the time, 40s. at this point. <laughs> they had had like maybe I don't I no, can't no, remember it, when Miracle on 34th Street came out if the, it was the, before or after. That one is the 40s, I believe. Yeah, they're Wait, both they're both from the 40s, but they were probably like the only two and I don't think they said like coming this Christmas, a Christmas movie. Sure. You know, so right. I, I get what you're trying to say. Cause yeah. why do you, why would somebody go to the movie theater in the forties when they could be at home or something? It's, 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 it's interesting. But anyway, so that, that I may be wrong about that. Also, I will say this about, it's a wonderful life as, um, so I'm going to talk about how, um, the writing and stuff is kind of involved. I actually may change my answer uh, after we get done talking, but, um, I just, it, it's a comparative thing. And yeah. I feel like after watching it, I, I, I feel like the um, for its time, it, it, it did a lot of interesting good yeah. stuff. And I, and also one of the, the the most important of the four categories is like writing and message to me. Yeah. And so it I thought the writing was was good. I think for the for the time, the concept is really fun. And I also think the overall message is yeah. interesting yeah. because. Me, and I won't take too much time on this, but I'm having financial problems. I'm having all of this stuff going on, and uh, it felt like I could really relate to this character, Um, especially today. Uh, I I reevaluated, I rewatched it and reevaluated my my thoughts on it. And so, anyway, um, production quality. Do we feel like for the 40s, it's very, very good? Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Especially if you look up the color version, and you can really feel like you're not watching a 40s film. It might even feel like... I had heard that they... Uh, invented a new type of fake snow just for this movie. Interesting. Oh, really? But, like, the way that they made, and I, I think, like, all, all the stuff in the town is all, like, a set. So they created Whoa. this really? town. Yeah. So, I mean, they really gave the impression that you were in this small town main nice. street. Sure. You know. Right. So, um, so you touched on something before, Zach, because uh, we're going to be talking about, like, overall message. Yeah. Um, this guy is George meant to be Bailey. George Bailey is almost meant to be your like strive to be every man. Like he's yeah. like your hometown hero. He's a yeah, classic like, Jimmy Stewart character. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, mean, I mean, he's got these grand ambitions. He wants to go yeah. out. He wants to do these things, but he puts all that on on hold for these other things that feels like it's a higher priority. Yeah, and, uh, and, things, and, and you understand that because right. 
it, it, one, one thing that I will say that this really did touch with me was the fact that this idea of um, he even mentions that, you know, I want to go out. I want to I want to change the world. I want to do I something. I don't want to be married. Yeah, I just want to go and visit yeah. the countries you know, I, and build skyscrapers. Well, at, at, towards the beginning, when he's at the kitchen table with his dad, you know, I, I, yeah, I want to I want to build skyscrapers. I want to do something important. I don't want to sit in an office all day being stifled. I want to do something important. Yeah, that's something we hear. Every generation, That's our true. generation, we hear that, you know, we were told that we could change the world, that we were going to do, do something important. And in and, and the corporate world, we constantly hear from HR being like, we've got to make people feel like that they're they're doing something good, that they're important right. and changing the world with their job, mm-hmm. no matter how mediocre it might be. All right. So, yeah. so um, the message, Zach, your life matters. Not only, yeah. does, not only does his life matter, but like Bob said, all of the little times that he felt like he needed to be doing something else, all of the little things that maybe he didn't think about. One of my favorite parts of this movie, like, and it's kind of early on, he has that initial meeting after his father passes away. And mm-hmm. before his father passed away, he's, he, he has a child kind of like talks back to the yeah. bad guy, Mr. Potter. But then when he first becomes an adult and he's in the room, they're like, Oh, your father wasn't a good businessman and I could do better. Yeah. And then he, he's like trying to leave to like go. Yeah. Try, trying to go catch to college. The yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he says like, no, hold on just a minute here. My father may not have been a businessman. He said so herself, but he, he did what he uh, was best for this town and he kept this yeah. town afloat and it's about people. It's not about this. And he leaves and you just assume that's the end, but then they go and grab him. And they're like, Oh, well they're voting for your way now because yes. you inspired him. But under the condition that you stay right, and so what's interesting is that he almost. Uh, so the, I thought I thought the deeper meaning of it was that he thought all of those little interactions with people throughout his life because he was always so busy, those didn't really matter all that much, and nobody would really care about him. Yeah. But all those little important things that he does for every person in the yeah. story, including like the, I don't think they mean for her to be sleazy necessarily, but there's a blonde woman who's like always kind of into him. Yeah. Violet something. Mm, he has all yes. these interactions with her where. He instead of doing something weird or indecent, he'll like give her money or he'll like be kind of nice to her. And so she she ends up being like a very sweet person and whatever. But then when he shows the flashback, she's like wild and crazy and stuff. Yeah. And so that's just one example. I don't have to go into all the different ways that he helps the people. But I thought that was significant that he doesn't mm-hmm. realize that the impact he had. And I sure. think that's what Zach was saying. Like your your life <laughs> impacted your life matters, people yeah. in good ways. I like how like there's all these bad things happen without him is what the angel is showing. Yeah. But I I think the funniest one is Mary because, um, without George Bailey, Mary's just, you know, some nerdy old plain hag, Jane girl. Never got married. Yeah, no, no, she not, works at the library. Not a hag, but a maid. It's just an old maid. Just old an old maid. maid. Yeah. So it's like she's still pretty. She just wears glasses and is a librarian. So I will say, just as a tag on the end here, there is some weird stuff from the time that feels like it's it's kind of stuck in the old old time stuff. Sure, sure. There's a African American maid that, you know, has some weird implications. There's some Stuff about her just without a yeah. husband just yeah. being like useless or whatever. And so I guess yes, I, I believe her final line at the end of the film was, I was saving this money for when I get for our divorce. Should I ever get married? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> it's like, what? It's a funny line. No, no, yeah. it's, it's a funny line, but it's like, it's like that's so, kind of the, the right. meaning. But and so, then the ending is just classic. Like everybody's together. Singing hugging. all Lang sign and yeah. yeah. And so I guess what I'm saying is uh, when we judge older films, we have to judge them in the time period. Like we, oh, can't, sure. we can't compare them to the a hundred year, like yeah. 80 years later ideology changes and stuff. Uh, I think that 
it, for the time it was written, it was written really well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right, moving on. So, cool. so, so, so that one came out with a score of 5.3. So we got Elf at 6, Home Alone at 2.3, and It's a Wonderful Life at 5.3. Next one on the list, A Christmas Story. Guys. Yep. Uh, so so I ranked It's a Wonderful Life at 9, and I put A Christmas Story at 10. Ooh. What, Bob? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know you anymore, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> a Christmas story is decidedly Christmas. Okay. No, no, no. It, 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 it is decidedly is true. Christmas. It's true. But I, uh, what, yeah. you, all, you all tell your story. I, score first. I also, I actually put it at nine. Wow. Yeah, I feel like I rank it lower than a lot of people do. Not that it's a bad movie. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about it. I think yeah. it could be a little deeper, maybe, is my Okay, main, so yeah. I, 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 uh, very controversial. Mine's two. Two, wow. Yeah. And, and and that's kind of more what I expected, honestly, for from from you guys. What was closer to that to that two one to two range. That's why we're all different. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll I'll go briefly and then I want to hear your guys' complaints. So um for me, one of the biggest things about a Christmas story that we're talking about the seventies of Christmas story, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Ralphie. Yes. Um, one of the things that to me makes it a two. Is that it is so decidedly American Christmas that we that is true that we yeah. know about that it, th- when you think of that movie you think about all of the hijinks of Christmas time, mm-hmm. the Black Friday sales. You think of the yeah. the the dad trying to get the tree up and stuff and and sure a Christmas story will super influence another movie on this list National Lampoon's A Christmas Vacation. The dad is very yeah, similar to Chevy true. Chase, but that's Chevy true. Chase plays yeah. him as if he's the joke character. Mm-hmm. But in a Christmas story, the the humor's <laughs> a little more like dry, natural. Yeah. But um, anyway, so yeah, I will let you guys go ahead, and then we'll we'll go through it. I will say I did not rewatch it this time, ah. so it could be different if I watched it again. Um, but really, kind of, I associate um a Christmas story more with like it being played on TV like over and over and over again. Sure. And I think Maybe it's like a bad lady Gaga song. You've heard it too much. <laughs> yeah. It's better than that. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean it like that. You know I, what I mean? No. I do. I do enjoy it. Um, I think it feels maybe a little directionless to me. Like I'm not necessarily certain like what the clear yes. like message ah. and, and it, overall narrative of the film is. It's kind of a vignette kind of movie sure yeah and i fully agree with that zach which is why i honestly find this movie to be boring i hate watching this it's well it's uh, and honestly it's it's not that it's bad quality and 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 there's there's parts in it that that are quotable there's some memes i mean i mean the the leg lamp for example you're gonna shoot your eye out kid you know those things uh, i mean obviously quotable the 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 ending scene with the you know with the dogs and the turkey I, I get all that, and even the the, yeah. the, the 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 very end scene in the in the Chinese restaurant that does not age well, um, <laughs> but it doesn't. But it's still hilarious. It just it just it is viewed as inappropriate today's cultural. But as you said, judging it in the time in which it was made, yeah, you know the whole the whole thing is right. So, but it's but beyond those areas, the rest of the entire movie for me is just. I, I get which exactly what you're saying, Colin. It is very American Christmas. Unlike Home Alone, the home is very much believable as being much more modern, uh, uh, average suburbia as opposed to the mansion in Home Alone. 
they know, are a little bit right, upper, yeah. yes, upper class. Yes. Uh, they're not a little bit upper class. They are a lot of upper right. class. You're right. You're right. But but the but beyond that, it's just the the story is just it feels so boring. Okay. Yeah, I kind of get that same sense that it drags, but I also agree with Colin that it is very like the Christmas vibe is like a hundred percent there. Yeah. So so oh absolutely yeah. yeah. A Wonderful Life was long. I, yeah. But it was. I wouldn't say I, it was boring. Yeah. It wasn't. I boring. guess I was making my list and I was kind of weighing like message like mm-hmm. really uh, really heavily and gotcha. I feel like. Christmas story I do enjoy, but I feel like it's one that I kind of like put on in the background a lot while getting Christmas presents ready yeah. or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 It's almost like a Christmas decoration in and of itself. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, which is exactly how I kind of feel about it's a wonderful life in a lot of ways. So let's let's go through the writing real quick. So let's go down the list and then we'll talk about stuff. Did we already give our rankings? Yeah, we did. OK, yeah. so um, let's talk about writing. You guys say that uh, Bob says it's very boring. Zach, you said it's more vignettes of a kid, yeah. not exactly a, a through line story. Would you say that's probably somewhat? True? Yeah, um, I would argue that. So I haven't really given my full detail or anything, but I'll say that I would argue that the thing about this film, which I feel like is a thing that has since been like replicated, is kind of like a season in a kid's like life, like a developmental season time. From oh, his, sure. From his perspective. And so um, clearly there is a lot of things that are in his mind, super important in perspective wise. Um, he does. I think he learns a lot of interesting lessons and grows as a person, uh-huh. but those lessons that he learns are very in an adult's mind may seem very insignificant. But when I watched it, I felt like I related a lot to him as a, as a character. Yeah. Um, and yes, at rewatching it, you, you feel like certain parts are kitty and stuff, but, um, like again, I think he his character development throughout is interesting to me. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and and, and I and I get some of those things are from his perspective. I fully get all that. Yeah, sure. Okay, so so uh, production quality. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about I it. I don't really remember. Well, I mean, so, I feel I feel like it's good. No, no, it, it, there's it's good. Yeah. There's it's a good good, good, good soundtrack. Uh, it has Peter and the Wolf soundtrack. Yeah. And it has a few of those like the same stuff from like Home Alone and stuff. Yeah. Um, it has uh Peter and the Wolf. It has uh kind of like classy uh, uh very band stuff. For like sure. if yeah. you guys remember the weird dreams that he has where he has the Red Rider BB gun and like yeah. bad guys are trying to sneak into his house over the back porch fence <laughs> and he's like shooting them and it's like doing a kind of Wild West theme. And then there's another one where um he is mad at his parents for punishing him. So he imagines himself uh, coming to the house as a blind man and they yeah. go, Oh, Ralphie, what's wrong with you, Ralphie? Yeah. And he's like, Oh, it, it was what, what made you blind, Ralphie? And he goes, it was soap poisoning. <laughs> Cause they make him eat a bowl of bar yeah. soap in his mouth. They're like, Oh no. <laughs> so they do all these like goofy, like shot scenes where like the kid has to act like, uh, Oh, in yeah. his mind. So I think a lot of that stuff was like really funny. Who does funny. the narration? The voice in his head? Yeah. I can't remember. You should look it up. So a lot of that extra like flair and, and like funny design stuff is what also kind of, to me, makes it just a little bit sure. more Christmassy. Oh, yeah. It's again, it's his perspective. And if you think about what, what a Christmas movie feels like, it really depends on the perspective of the person. Okay. 
So, um, oh, it was a guy named Gene Shepard. He had like a talk show or whatever. Gotcha. But he he's really good. The the, the guy the, who does the narrator. The narrating. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. So we should we should hustle on through. We're getting over time. Cool. So I'd say that uh, overall message. Um, my quick pitch on that would be: this kid has his one dream of getting the BB gun, but it slowly introduces you to like several problems that he has that he, Mm -hmm. that he ends up learning from one of which is the bully, which he feels like he'll never really like be free of. It's just one of those things he constantly deals with. Right. Doyle rules. (laughs) It's not a Doyle. It's, it's, it's the red guy, right? (laughs) It's the red haired kid in his like little punk. Like Scott Farkas or something. He goes, Hey, you (laughs) who me? Yeah. Come here. It's like me, like yeah, you come here, and then he goes okay, and then he like holds his arm behind his back, and he, but Ralphie always like avoids it, like he manages yes. to yeah. avoid it, yeah. and then his resolution of that is he finally is like upset because he says like <laughs> when are you gonna cry, and he he stands up to the bully and turns out the bully's a crybaby, and he cries, and it's one of those like weird developmental times where he's like upset and his mom is like Uh there to help him a lot of those really like i guess when you're a child certain things feel like much more impactful than they really are in the grand Uh scheme of things but in the movie i feel like it it really shows you the development of this kid and for me that's a cool like overall message that all of his preconceived notions of life are slowly like being changed and by the end when he does shoot his eye out he realizes that he was indeed foolish to try <laughs> and be true. so yeah. stupid about this gun. And uh, everybody who said that, so it's almost like a gotcha mo- moment at the end where he's like, man, I was like, I was very foolish. So anyway, um, okay, so we can move on. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, number five on the list. Yep. Let's this, get through it quick. All right. So, so this one I ranked seven. This one I ranked number two. But mostly biasedly because Whoa. it is a Kratzer classic. <laughs> I give this an eight. So nice. seven, eight, two. We're fl- now me and Bob are on the same. I team. almost yeah, so, put so- it as number one. <laughs> Whoa! But I could not bring myself to put it above. Okay, Home no, no, Alone. no. Real quick, just classic. My, minor recap: A Christmas Story got a score of seven. Okay. So, 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 but uh, so we said seven, eight, and two for uh, National Lampoons. Uh huh. Yep. Seven, eight, so, two. So th- this one actually ranked lower for me than what it could have, primarily just due to more of the um, the sexual nature, the sexual the raunchy, like the the yeah. PG thirteen stuff comedy in it. In it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. No. Once for again, sure. I'm a huge fan of comedy, yeah. but you don't always have to take it to that kind of level. Well, we have a slightly different perspective than some. Yeah. Uh, some people, I-, I would say that you're right, Bob. I'd say that they probably didn't need to go as extreme. I think that that time period in cinema and that style like the bill murray Uh chevy chase steve martin style comedy films um tend to have raunchiness yeah but in chevy chase's case with like caddyshack and other ones he is probably the raunchiest of the three of would you say of bill murray steve martin well it's funny because like he's kind of a horn dog in every National Lampoon's vacation movie, right? Like in Vacation, there's the scene where they're He's driving a along. Caddyshack too. Yeah, they're they're driving along, and there's the girl that like drives the sports car past Holiday him. Road. Yeah, <laughs> and then at the license yeah. plate it says "Baby on board," and he's like, "Oh, never mind then." <laughs> so, um, in this one, there's the there's the salesman chick who is very very yeah. uh, exposing. Yeah. 
And yeah. so it gets, but, it kind of ramps up. But, but there's, there's also scenes like, uh, like when everyone's sleeping and they're kind of panning through the different bedrooms, which was showing everyone yeah. sleeping and, and like his there's uncle, the grandpa and he's, he's, yeah, staring at yeah. the ceiling because there's a, because there's a poster of a, of a scantily clad dressed woman. So, okay. Yeah. Let's so. let us pretend for a moment <laughs> That those scenes don't exist in the film. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you know, whole... some of them kind of didn't for me because I grew up watching it uh, on taped television. off of television. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. yes, and I would agree with that. Specifically, but... the pool scene was like way shortened. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't realize yes. those scenes were there until yeah. until seeing it uh, um, as an yeah. adult. It's weird because sometimes when they air movies on TV, they actually have extra scenes like yeah. the Goonies. That's true. But anyway, so um, uh, I'll just say this. I'll get my mine's real short. I think that there are times in this film when the film is like number one for uh, the relatability of the situations that yeah. they get in. Uh, Jessica says that in Christmas Vacation, I besides the part where he's going after the girl, his like, no, I don't care. I'm gonna get this yeah. tree. Yeah. No, I don't care. I'm gonna yep. like get these yeah. lights up. That's like a thing that I'm about. Like. There's times where I go, we're going to the lake today because I'm stressed out. And I want to go swim with rain. I want to go into the water yeah. with our dog rain and I want to swim with you. I don't care what it takes to do it. And then we'll, our, our, our car breaks down and I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. We're going to put oil <laughs> in this car and we're going to get it down to the lake. Yeah. It, so, ca- it makes him a good dad in some in this ways. movie. He's because, kind of obsessed yeah. with his like endeavors to, to finish his yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, and and it is decidedly very Christmassy because of all of the ways that the, that he has to try and, keep the family mm-hmm. stuff like the stuff they prepared yeah. and the wife is stressed out about yeah. it and the in-laws aren't getting along and it's just great. It, there's a lot of good yeah. stuff yeah. about the movie. Completely over the top in a lot of ways and, yeah. but absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Right. The, the whole, the whole Christmas Eve dinner scene is, is complete classic and you know, it's like grace, say grace, grace, she grace died, died 30 years, years ago. ago. Yes. Yeah. Or the, uh, or the uh, blessing. <laughs> I like, pledge allegiance to the flag. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes is, well, uh, you going to go ahead and, uh, get on here. Oh no, Clark. I ain't going to get on this thing. I got uh, metal. Uh, oh yeah. Plate in my head replaced with a plastic one. So Randy Quaid is cousin Eddie. Yeah. Another like, hilarious uh, he's probably the funniest character in oh the movies all of the Vegas yes. movies he's yes, so funny yes yeah, yeah. Where, where he kidnaps uh, uh, uh Clark's boss yes. you know he's like, he's, he's like, it's like uh, well, well that's because of my my uh, my brother-in-law here who's whose heart is much bigger than his head yeah he's like, oh thank you right. for that Clark I appreciate that yeah. <laughs> it takes he's never insulted that's a, <laughs> takes yeah, it as a compliment yeah, yeah right. that's that's I guess that's part of the reason getting into writing and like why this is almost number one for me is Aside from the fact that my family just like endlessly quotes this movie, we watch it every single year. Um, it's that the characters are so consistent, and that's and they're consistent in the things that make them hilarious. So like Clark is going to like do the thing, like he's determined, like Colin was talking about. But also, it's like he tries to believe that mm-hmm. he doesn't look foolish. <laughs> So like, you know, right. he'll, so like, you know, there's like a scene where he's like climbing up on the roof to try and staple like lights on and, uh, you know, falling off. and he's like falling off and stuff. And he's not telling anybody about it. And he's just like shrugging it off a little bit of a pride. thing. Yeah. It's like a Tim it, Allen from tool time. Or yeah. Something. And mm-hmm. he even like has that scene where the piece of ice like shoots out of the gutter, I guess. And, and, oh, yes. And, yes, uh, yes. Into the neighbor's what's house. What's her name? Elaine uh, from Seinfeld. <laughs> something Louis Dreyfus. What's her yeah. for? Uh, Julia. Julia Louis Dreyfus. 
She's funny yeah, in that too because hilarious. they're supposed to be like the stuck-up snobby ones that are yeah. like, we're too intellectual to even celebrate yeah. Christmas. We yeah, just are gonna have a private dinner alone. So he just like everything that Chevy Chase does just makes sense to him. <laughs> right. It's kind of like a more vocal Mr. Bean in some regard. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, let's let, let me rail it off. So we said writing's pretty yeah. good, except for certain scenes that probably didn't need to be in there. Production quality. Pretty stellar. I like the effects of like the blowing up like uh, something yeah, tank, yeah. the the cat in the tree, all of that funny and stuff. The rockets, One of the effects I loved was when the, when he uh, cuts the rope on the tree, and the yeah. branches go and like break all the <laughs> yeah. windows in the house. Um, overall message. Let's say that yeah. for me, the overall message seems to be that um, part of Christmas is all of the hijinks, but in the end, you kind of just come together as a family and love. And yeah. Yeah. It's 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 basically about the like it, it is supposed to be about the spirit of a family Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess feeling of Christmas, I would say top notch. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. They do all the different Christmas tropes throughout right. the movie. So. All right. Miracle. on. Yeah, so so that one ended up with a score of five point six. Oh, so, so it's actually a little bit lower than, than it's a wonderful life. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we got Elf at six. We got Home Alone at two point three. It's a wonderful life at five point three. Um, it's. Uh, Christmas Story at seven, yeah, and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation at five point six. Speaking of It's a Wonderful Life and Christmas Vacation, there's a funny thing in uh, in It's a Wonderful Life where like he's noticing like the null post, like when he's going up yeah. the stairs is like broken. Yep. He's like, oh, I got you know troubles and oh like, yes, yes, the banister, the, the, the banister's like you know the, 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 the knob, yes. yeah, and they give a little nod to that in Christmas Vacation. Where he's like coming down the yeah. stairs and he like wobbles the thing and he's got a chainsaw in his hand and he just he's cuts sh- it off. Yes, when he gets the new post. <laughs> yep. Oh, so um, remember I told you earlier I would uh, make a thing about how uh, the movies uh, inspire each other. I think it's a wonderful life inspired National Lampoon and a Christmas Story. I think um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and a Christmas Story have very same versions of the same characters. Yeah. Um, real quick, let me find out which one came out first. A Christmas story is, uh, 1983 and, uh, Christmas vacation is like 1989. Okay. So I believe in my, I thought that was true in my heart of hearts. I truly believe that the dad from a Christmas story inspired Chevy Chase's character. Oh yeah. In a Christmas vacation even though he's already established I doubt that at all. vacation but i think that they play him very similarly but they're like no this is a joke but in christmas story he's like oh, i replaced wheels on cars i was yeah. part of nascar and all this and the mom's like ugh, you know he's like i'll fix the furnace he goes in the basement okay so uh nice let's move on last one miracle on 34th street so this is the original 40s one i have probably seen this the most recently of the three of us yeah, yeah. Um, I will tell you this. It I've, is it is classic. Oh yeah. But revisiting it, the story isn't necessarily um, as mm, messagey or engaging. Yeah. It's more of like a interesting story about a Santa Claus. Yep. Yeah, I kind of. That's feel, where I am with. I it. feel similar with it. I gave mm-hmm. it a seven. I'm at seven as well, and I gave it an eight. Oh, wow. So, so, so we all pretty similar we all were one. pretty middle of the road on this one. I grew up with the uh, like 1998 
The Dermon McDermott McDermott. The girl Dermon McDermott. Dylan McDermott is his name. But yeah, I, me yeah. and Jessica go, it's Dermon McDermott. <laughs> Are you talking about? I I just know him as the guy from Jurassic Park, as Santa Claus. Oh oh yeah, him yeah. him yes. But no, uh, the the lawyer who's like the main. Oh guy yeah in yeah. It, it's yeah. Dylan McDermott. Yeah, and he's he kind of like a, a poor of man's uh, Pierce Brosnan. In some ways, I, yeah, he's a he's he's like a lead in a bunch of shows, including like American Horror Story and yeah. stuff. But um, and the girl from yeah. uh, Matilda, that is true. Yeah, it does yep. have a good yep. cast. But yeah. so, but the so we're gonna talk uh, about the original. The original has um, Maureen O'Hara in it, which and yeah. has a guy named um, John Payne, not John yeah. Wayne, but Maureen O'Hara. I know from a lot of John Wayne movies, but she is really really great. And the girl they get to replace her. In the in the modern one is uh, fairly similar, I guess. But Maureen O'Hara always has this like very uh, strong um, female, like uh, I will not be pushed around, like kind yeah. of personality, which I like in a lot of her movies that she plays this character like that. But um, she is Irish, an Irish actress, and more often than not, played with no Irish accent at all. So that alone merits some good That's production stuff. <laughs> the only time she has an Irish accent is in a John Candy movie from like the late eighties and in uh The Quiet Man with John Wayne. She has like a And the guy that they cast is Chris King Kringle in the original. Yeah. Is also really, really good. Yeah, like. he's he's an amazing actor. <laughs> yeah. Um so so if you guys don't know the story, just really quickly, uh this Santa Claus shows up kind of out of nowhere and um replaces the Macy's parade. Uh, Santa they were going to have who uh-huh. is a, a slobbingly drunk and he's like oh sure I don't mind to just get in the suit but the 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 funniness of the hijinks of it is that he for the purpose of the continuity of the film is actually Santa yeah. so he's just wandering around just like seeing what's going on and just gets roped in and is actually Santa so then it becomes a problem eventually even though he is fantastic in his um decision to not only help Macy uh, uh, the Macy store, but also to like be the Santa Claus and represent everything and be so great. They think he's insane for saying he's actually Santa. And that's where things yeah. go off the rails, which is yeah. really funny. I did think that the writing here, I, th- I thought the story was a lot more engaging than it's a wonderful life or even a Christmas story. Interesting. Hmm. I, I do. I, I, so yeah. I, I, it's, it's not that everything there is aged well, but I just, I, I guess I just enjoyed the story a little bit better. It also is about that like th- thing we've touched on a few times, yeah. the capitalism aspect of Christmas, where true, there's a lot true. of present buying and Black Friday sale and all that. I think that this is really interesting. There's a there's an interesting thing about Santa Claus in this one, and I guess it inspired the movie The Santa Claus. Sure. Because in the movie's universe, Santa Claus does exist and does you know, visit children and give gifts and all that. Mm-hmm. Right. But most people don't believe in him. I find that really, really interesting. It's like that in the Santa Claus too. Well, like, sure, sure. Well, the grown, only ones who grown do, ups don't believe. In, in, yeah. In, in most of our modern Christmas films. Yes. And so I, you could argue that was probably, that was somewhat revolutionary from a film perspective for its time. Yeah. Well, this, is, this was the first movie to do that. As far as I know, elf yeah. elf yeah. does it. Of course, that's like one, yeah, of, yeah, the, one of the more modern, modern ones, ones, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So um, what's interesting is that the, one of the cruxes of the writing of the movie is that the kids are the only ones that believe. Yeah. And the fact that they send the letters, is what kind right. of proves the well it's point. almost like the faith like a child sort of concept from the bible right yeah 
Yeah, and so um, okay, so quickly because we're we're way over time at this point. Production quality, I would say, for its time, very very good, especially yeah. some of the. Uh, Parade scenes, the interior shopping mall scenes. I guess they would have had to actually film it at the Macy's like Thanksgiving Day Parade, which right. is kind so, of impressive. So that's, well, right. So then um, the um, overall message is the message. Mm-hmm. that That's the one thing that kind of makes it a lower rank for me, and that is that it's more about the message of like the wonder to believe that Santa could exist. So maybe yeah. like a sort of a faith-like parallel. But uh, I often don't like some people say like, oh, well, you could just consider it like in a different way, like faith in Jesus, like a movie about faith in general. But but, um, to me, if it's like Santa is the figure you're having faith in, it's kind of like weird. So um, sure. But it's still fine, though. I mean, like it's it's why Santa Claus movies won't make my like top. Yeah. Top tiers. Yeah. And I will say there's one scene that I really, really liked in this, and it's in both um, the original and the new one. In the original, there's like a little Dutch girl and she doesn't speak English okay. and she sits on Santa's lap when he's in the department store and uh, Chris Kringle kind of blows everybody away by knowing how to speak Dutch and like talks to That's, her. That is right. Yeah. And I really like the scene in the remake because they went with um, sign language. So there's like a deaf girl and, ah, and they bring this they bring this deaf girl up and the mom's like, eh, she, you know, she can kind of read lips, but you know, I just, you know, just let her sit on your lap if you don't care. And he goes, you know, and he does the whole sign. That is thing. so like, heartwarming. That is, that very is a very heartwarming <laughs> scene because, right. And so that is, that, that is something that I think makes it decidedly Christmassy is looking at the idea of like creating a Santa Claus that is truly a wholesome character, a character that yeah. kids will love, kids will admire, um, and who is a truly good figure. I mean that that's that's kind of the point of like Santa Claus. In yeah, general, absolutely. Right? So yeah. anyway, um, Kringle's a good dude. So I like the message, and then the it, again we've already touched on it. Very Christmassy feel. Oh yeah. So all right. So so that one came out with a score of seven point three. Bottom of the list cool. so far. So it's it's going to sit at number six, the lowest so far. Yeah. So our, our list. highest technically it's golf rules. Yes. <laughs> Higher numbers worse. Yeah. So our. Um, our, our scoring ranked in order of, of lowest to highest. So the ones we value the most versus le- to least would be Home Alone at the top, followed by It's a Wonderful Life, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Elf, A Christmas Story, and Miracle on 34th Street. There we go. All right. So, and if you guys tune in next time, we will continue this list and get out the, la- the final six. And, uh, and so, yeah, and looking forward to this. Me too. And Christmas is coming up. Yeah, buddy. Of course, check us out on all the all the normal places. We want to hear from you on Facebook. Check us out on Patreon. And we will catch you next time for the next six movies on the list. Woo! Love you. God bless. Peace. Let's just roll, huh?